Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please stow your bad vibes underneath the seat in front of you or in an overhead bin. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. On behalf of Sham, Uptown Mike, and the entire crew, welcome aboard the Black Sand Podcast. Non-stop service from New York to Toronto, with our final destination being Abu Dhabi. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy Yo, the episode. Yo, what's good, man? It's been Thank a while. You. It's been a while. Black Sand Podcast. It's your boy, Mike, a.k.a. Uptown Mike on IG. And grade five dropout, Sham. What's going on, man? It's been a while, but we had to come back, man. Absolutely. Times is absolutely. Times is different now. Twenty twenty is real different. It's only right that we come back, and I think now is the perfect time. Yeah, yeah. man. So, uh, you know, we got to check the temperature of what's going on in the world, right? So, yeah. today is going to be that. It's going to be an important conversation. And we're going to give it to you from a few different angles. Myself being Canadian from Toronto. Mike being from uh, New York. Up to, uptown? Uptown. Uptown, you know how it is. Yeah, so right now, uh, I'm actually in Saudi Arabia. And Mike's, uh, where are you, Mike? I'm back home, man. I was on the last flight from Abu Dhabi over here. Made it out right when they was closing the airport down. Due to um, COVID nineteen, took the last flight out literally. Um, yeah, so okay, I've been here ever since. Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, right now we're going to be able to give people a lot of uh, different perspective on what's going on, looking at it from different angles, and as both as uh, young black men, you know. So I think it's in a, a very important conversation and. Uh, Let's get right into it, man. Hey, Mike, no, don't hold anything back, by the way, you know? Yeah, you know me. I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> All right. So uh, first thing I'm going to do is I want to ask you about um, the the march in New York. So my whole thing is uh, over the last few days, I'm, I'm glued to my phone, and I'm watching a lot of police brutality that's happening at the march. But even before that, I had an issue that I used to hit you up about, and that was um, how rough the cops were being during the COVID social distancing uh, movement, and how in, in one part of the city, I'm seeing them handing out bottled water, and in the other part, I'm seeing them push down people in the streets. And the ironic thing is, there was a cop that was sitting on a dude's neck uh, a few weeks back, you know? and. Uh, He's on desk duty now, but I mean, this, uh, I just, I was telling you, man, like the New York cops are taking a lot of L's right now, but now that you're like actually there, why don't you just, uh, explain what's going on? Yeah. I mean, um, it's crazy. You definitely been seeing differences. Like I suppose as when you go to central park, you could drink out in the open, ain't no social distancing, no mask on people just having a great time and all that. I suppose as when you come uptown to the Bronx or to Harlem, Washington Heights, or, or parts in Brooklyn that are deep in Brooklyn, um, when people are just out trying to, you know, just get a breath of fresh air from being, um, you know, just cooped up all day, um, you have the cops reacting in an aggressive manner. You know what I mean? Instead of, you know, just informing them, hey, you should be social distancing or 
bridge or mass is more of an aggression or an aggressive you know action you know towards people of color to be quite honest you know and and it's ridiculous there is a difference because i've i've definitely i've been to a i've been to a brooklyn bridge park that's right downtown it's been a gentrified area and it's just you know cops are just overseeing you know not even pressing anybody and there's nobody doing social distancing people just enjoying drinking wine or having a margarita out in the open with with you know groups and you know gathering and it's uh you see the difference and honestly this being here now i've been here for two months it reminds me of part of the reason why i did leave the u.s to um to work and live abroad just because just the tensions in the air and you know and from one neighborhood to the next it just changes as far as how the police re reacts to you and treats you so um yes yeah, it's pretty sad and, and ridiculous and i left five years ago um, because of that and you would think things have changed. I mean, things have been going on like this forever. And it's like, it's still the same story with Eric Gardner, you know, the I can't breathe. So now George Floyd, I still can't breathe. Yeah, it's you know, crazy. It's, it's crazy. So. Uh, let me ask you about UAE. So have you had any interaction with cops in the UAE? I've not, honestly, I've probably spoken to a cop probably twice or maybe three times and one of like two of the times was probably just like on a random search like uh just inspection and all that like after the club they're just checking to see if you're drinking and driving and all that and it's really random and they're probably stopping everybody it's not even random like everybody that goes through they're stopping and they're just asking and they're very just polite about it they're not pressing you and all that um and that's it i didn't even have to get out the cars have you been drinking I'm like no sir, I'm going home. Live right there. All right, cool. Get home safely. Yeah, that's it. You know, the one time was I lost my cell phone, and I actually put in a police report because they they'll actually if somebody stole it, they'll actually uh, catch the person. So I went into a precinct, and the way I was greeted was in the most respectful way. Like, hey, how you doing? Where you from? Um, any problems? What brings you into the precinct today? Oh, okay, this is why. Okay. Let me direct you here. This person will take care of you, officer such and such. Um, we'll give you a call back if we find, like, just that immediate attention. And, that, and it wasn't even, I shouldn't even have went to the precinct for that, you know, but just that sense of urgency and that care and that, you know, that, that just welcoming into the precinct. Serve, that, that. serve and protect, right? You know, that serve and protect, exactly. They, like, they, they take that serious out there, you know, without any, for me, at least my experience, without any um, you know, prejudices, you know, regardless of skin color. I mean, I I had I I haven't even been stopped for a question like have you been drinking tonight kind of thing. Uh, I think that I've only been stopped once. So I was pulling out of my condo and it was my bad, like, you know, I was going out the exit, you know. I was leaving for the, through the part where you gotta enter and Someone, uh, some resident complained that people were using this shortcut. And so there's a cop there hiding out. And he was like, sorry, man, I got to give you a ticket. And then I was like, come on, bro. You know, but I mean, it was soft. It was like 20 bucks. So I was like, you know, just give me that. That's soft. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But I mean, I don't want everyone, but, you know, in terms of police, uh, one of the things in the UAE, what, you know, the reason why we probably don't have that much interaction with them because there's cameras everywhere. Right. So, yeah, exactly. yeah. you know, so if they're looking for you, they're going to find you. 
you know. Yeah, and if you do, and if you did something wrong, they're looking at the camera evidence, and they're gonna catch you, like yes, yeah. and they're gonna they're gonna prosecute you based on that. It's not yeah. no no it, question it, about it. It ain't a game. So I mean, they don't really have to really be uh, walking the streets and all that. Um, there is an element of Big Brother, but I mean, I don't want it to sound you know all sweet. We're just talking about the experience. You know, one of the things that you and I have to do, Mike, is we do have to check our privileges. You know, and for yeah. us, it's our passport privileges, right? So, I mean, but I, but I do want to point out, I guess, and we touched upon this on an earlier episode in our first season. Uh, there's a bit of a difference of being, I guess, black from Canada and then black from America. Yeah, Western black and African, right? So I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's a difference, and you definitely have that privilege yeah. over there, yeah, which so, was yeah. a relief for me traveling over there. And like from coming back now, it's like you know, just I'm just tired. Like just put on the news that there's not Corona, and then we're getting abused um, during Corona. And then now it's like, you know, like this, uh, the last instance um, was with George Floyd, you know, as far as just a man being lynched in, in broad daylight and in public. And honestly, right now in the U.S., everything's all everything's just up in a blaze right now. Like people are protesting and people's really getting out there and people are just tired and people want to change. And honestly, I haven't been out there yet. Um, I'm planning on going out there just to get a feel, like, you know, um, and, and feel like, you know, I want to do my part. There's other ways to do your part as well. If you don't want to go out and protest, don't, there's, um, we should post a link as well. There's, there's um, ways you could donate um, to a bailout fund for people that are protesting and all that. Um, and if you don't, and if you're of, and if you're not of color, like, use your platform, use your small circle to make people aware of the situation and injustices that are going on. You know, every little bit helps. That conversation helps. You know? Yeah, so there's, there's been a few memes uh, going around and I wasn't feeling some of them, you know what I mean? Like one of them was um, if, you're, if you're someone white and unless you put yourself between a black body during uh, a, an, you know, uh, an incident of police brutality, then you, you, you're not an ally. I was like, what the, what the fuck, what are you talking about? You know, I mean, in? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was like one meme. And then the other one- I mean, I mean honestly, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the recording and people not doing anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this- uh, but, but the other, and then the other one for me was, it's pretty, it's, 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 uh, it's a tough one because, uh, it's like, uh, if you're not posting anything, then you're not down with the movement. But I mean, just like you're saying, like people just might be just posting to save face. So for me- yeah, Exactly, like, yeah, we talked yeah. about it earlier, like, yeah. yo, people protest, but the sort of thing is it's protesting, like- Yeah, yeah I mean, out there in Gucci, Gucci flops and all that, you know what I mean? Just to take pictures for the gram. But uh, the, the reason why I don't like that is because I look at my immediate circle and some of the guys that I'm around aren't really the social media types, but I know yeah. the conversation that they're having is going to lead to some success down the line. So they're planting seeds in their own little circles and they're using their own um, methods to, as a means to get the message across. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't like this, um, this, this external pressure that everyone's trying to push down on other people. 
if you do have a platform and if that's the best way that you can get your message across, that's great. But, you know, there's many ways to skin a cat. You know what I'm saying? What works well for one person uh, might not work for, for someone else. You know, like for myself, uh, one thing that I wanted to make sure I didn't do during all of this, like I, I haven't watched, I haven't watched the murder. Right. So you didn't uh, see it. I have not watched it. So for me, uh, I saw the pictures. I saw the picture of the dude on his neck and I made the conscious decision not to watch it. So, you know, with the... Um, what, I would uh, say, why, 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 what, was your, what was the purpose of not watching it? Yeah, that? so there's a few things with the Yaman murder. Um, so that, I didn't get that. that I, didn't, I didn't see. It's been so many things back to back. Yeah. That's like... Yeah. You know, so, I gotta catch up on, on all the, the yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, for me, so um, before the video came out, uh, a friend shared a friend shared the story. So I read how gruesome it was, right? You know, close range shotgun, and I knew the backstory. So when the video came out, I didn't want that image glued and tattooed to my brain. So. Since that moment, I was like, you know what? Moving forward, this is something I'm going to try and make a constant decision to avoid. And um, there's actually something um, called trauma porn. And you know, one of the things that happens is that black death gets normalized. So it kind of dehumanizes us. You know, so instead of it being what it really is—a uh, lynching, a murder, something gruesome. The more that it's shared on Instagram, shared on Facebook, shared on all these platforms, the more it makes us look like not humans, right? We yeah. almost become some fictional characters. Uh, you know, that's just, oh, that's, that's a shame, right? So that we're, we're kind of getting detached from humanity in that sense. So um, that's why I'm like making sure the pictures, the pictures that I share, uh, for me, one of the most impactful pictures I'm not sure if you saw this one was it was you know we know we know the infamous picture of him on the guy's neck right yeah. but the, the day after there was another picture where you can see the four people from the back so the yeah. initial picture was him on his neck but on the back you see three dudes comp compressing his chest so for me you know that they're, they're murderers too you know he couldn't breathe yeah, 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 because they're on his back so for me what was even more powerful then the video was seeing those other officers on his body, you know? So uh, I'm really conscious in, in terms of um, what I'm sharing and making sure like uh, when I am talking to people, I'm calling it a murder. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying, I'm trying to really be cautious of the words that I use in moments like this and call people like dude a murderer. So those are the yeah. those are those are the things that I, I'm I'm doing around around this time. But um, I've I've been having this conversation. For me, it was like uh, for non-black people, I wanted them to kind of understand my stance when it comes to sharing videos like that. You know, because to them, it's just second nature just to hit forward on WhatsApp or whatever, right? But yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't. The, the actual the actual. Uh, Death or murder, I don't, I don't share that because, yeah, yeah that's, I, I just find that, honestly, for me, it's just too gruesome to even like click on and watch. The only reason I saw it is because on the news they just happened to like replay it again and I caught it, but I don't go actively seeking it or if I see it on my timeline, I just, I just scroll up. You know? 
Yeah, so we got we got the we understand. So did the protest happen through your your part in New York? Uh, so it happened in Harlem. From Harlem, it, the march continued downtown, and it's been ha um, happening in in different parts of the city. It first happened in by the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, um, and then it also there's been um, meeting points um, in Lower Manhattan by City Hall, by Times Square. So it's all over the city, um, in little pockets. It's been it's been happening. Um, so and the protests, it seems like during the daytime they start off peaceful, um, and then at night people um, just get out and just get reckless. I mean, just get reckless. And this is what you what you feel. You know, this is the pain that is caused, and just you know, um, the pro protesters are uh, people are just tired of it. You know what I mean? And and honestly, if I was out there, I'd probably be doing the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just tiring. And there's no right way. What, what we got to talk about is, is there a right way to protest? Like, I'm tired of people saying, oh, peaceful protests and, you know, let's kumbaya and all that. Yeah, like, I mean, nothing ever changes from this whole kumbaya practice of just, yeah, let's be at peace. Let's march, stay in one corner, and then let's all go home at 8 p.m. Like, what's that? Let's, let's get to say that. Hey, that let's, not, let's not forget what America is, all right? So... I mean, I'm Canadian, but I know about the Boston Tea Party, all right? So, yeah, you guys, exactly. well, I saw a meme. You guys were riding about paying shipping and handling on some tea. You know what I mean? So it's like every revolt, every revolution starts with a riot. So, I mean, uh, one thing that I think people need to be conscious of is that other organizations are hijacking the, BM, the BLM movement to get their message out because um, anarchy in America. So one thing that I am thankful of is that people are using their phones to record people just being uh, mischievous and actually trying to be counterproductive. And they're not necessarily exactly. people, right? So I yeah. think that one thing that we're doing as a whole is we're making sure that our narrative doesn't change into something else. We're putting people on blast when they're doing something that could distract us from what we're trying to have accomplished. But I mean, like it's it's natural, right? You, you've literally been held down for so long. You tried the peaceful, peaceful route and look at the, nothing. You know, the irony is when I was looking up things in, um, I, I'm trying to be a solution-based person, right? So I'm, I'm doing some research and trying to bring this conversation to some other people and hopefully a message gets spread anyway. So I'm doing some, some research and I'm looking into it. And the crazy thing is we're in 2020, and a lot of the articles that I found took me back to 2016. So the, the, the fact is like every year, every election year, it looks like, you know, we, we expect, we anticipate a change and then nothing happens. Nothing happens. So, I mean, like, it's natural. This is, this is, this is the nature of men. You know, if you're trying one thing and it doesn't work, then you got to try something else. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But um, honestly, one one thing is, uh, of course, I mean, for me, I'm disappointed at our leadership, at you know, at our president. Like, you know, I think this is a culmination of, you know, it coming from the top. Like, people thinking it's okay to just say whatever, do whatever. Um, it's okay to be a racist and all that. And this is the that culmination of it. Where and there's been no leadership, you know, to speak out against that. Um, but I don't think it only stops there. It's not only on him. It's it's on our local offices. Um, you know the people that hold that hold positions in our in our city. The, the police, the chief of police, 
the mayor, the governor, it's in those um, offices as well, which we got to hold them accountable and get out some boosts and actually, honestly, um, get more people like us in those positions of power to make change. Yeah. That's one thing of it too, but I mean, one thing that uh, I also look at is the power of the dollar. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. group ep economics. Like there's, I don't, I, I'm, I don't want us to really even like consider the president. Sorry, when I say us, for this conversation, I'm American. But like, I don't want us to be looking at the president for leadership. Because look, Obama's my man, but what? What really changed, right? You know, so it's yeah, he, he, he did some good. Uh, I, I, no Obama blasphemy on this podcast, all right? All right, yeah, no, cool. no, on this podcast, no whole blasphemy, no Obama blasphemy, like yo, no whole slander, uh, no Obama slander. I'm saying. not going to do that because accountability <laughs> is accountability, and what what does what's what you can't what you can't um, dispute is that the hood. Yeah, four years ago looks the same as the hood eight years ago if not it's just been gentrified so i mean at the end of the day we can only help us and the way that i look at this is economic prosperity right how can we help each other build up start to create some funds to start lobbying on a political level that's what all these other ethnicity groups do they start at the grassroots level they help build up their own and now their power becomes political because they have the money to back it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a few things. I mean, but that's, that's one thing. I mean, like, but on the other side, just straight up, police brutality. You know, so, I mean. And, so and you know what, I mean, and, and, and the interesting part, too, was sad is some of the incidents as well is not just, um, you know, it's, it's not even a white or black thing. It's like a blue and black thing. Where you see police of color, yeah, yeah, like, um, using their power of authority um, over, you know, the same people, like it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. So, can, um, can you wrap your head around that? Like, I I can't really even I I can't make that connection in, in terms of what well, one thing that we we both know is is almost like uh, the police force is almost like a sports team, right? So, yeah. if and and wait, one thing I want to say before we speak on this, um, because I because my sister she's um she's a police officer as well, so and there are good cops out there. Not everyone is bad, so I'm I'm not you know totally after police and all that because you know, there's there's great um people out there that are serving our communities, that are helping our communities. There, but there are a few, or or you know a lot. There's some bad apples out there that just make it make it look bad and just you know throughout time the same thing happens and happens which we're not getting the, the proper justice even when it comes to um you know bringing these people to to face their charges and to actually give them proper sentences for the crimes that they committed you know so the whole system is, is rigged yeah this is not really a, a career that really can have any bad apples that's what the problem is right so, yeah, yeah. So, but even even so, I don't even think the system is set up for if you're trying to be a good cop, for you allow you to do that, you know? Because this whole sometimes you you see that I guess I feel like cops are 
kind of pressured by this code of blue where they know something is going wrong. And then it's like, they're not going to handle it right then and there. They're going to wait till they get in the locker room to probably address it or something like that. Or, mm, or back not even because then you're going to look like a snitch, right? So yeah, yeah. So, but it's, so that's why it's so hard to really, so when people say there's no good cops and they come at it from that angle, I can kind of understand what they're saying because because of the unwritten rules, you know, mm-hmm. uh, about snitching on your, your your brother, then they might not be so quick to speak up. They know they can be um, seen as an outsider, you know, and that's not a that's not a job where you want to be on your own, you know, answering these calls, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely deep rooted, and uh, there's no there's no quick solution. I mean, there's one thing that I came across. And it was just to have personal liability insurance for the cops. So after a while, you know, incident after incident, these cops are going to be too expensive for the city to pay their insurance premium. And if you're, so this dude had about like uh, on record with 12 incidents or something like that. Oh, that cop? Yeah, he had like 12 incidents. I mean, he had, I think think nine of them were, Nine of them were dismissed, but three of them was just like some slap on the wrist type stuff. But I mean, it's like if there's some kind of way to economically start holding these guys accountable, I'm pretty sure that this stuff will change. If this is tied to their pension, what would happen? You know what I mean? Like, you got to start thinking about what would work in the short term, because Getting white supremacy out of out of the police force overnight, that's not gonna happen. But their bottom line, something that affects their pockets. I mean, but but why wait, but why you saying it's not gonna happen? Why wouldn't it happen? How I mean yeah. I, how how are these people to, to me is by the by the system being in place and, and working, like why is it only one cop that's been arrested? I think as of last night, I think the remaining four or the remaining three are actually um, charged and, and in jail. You know, that's something that should happen immediately. Why does it? Why does it have? What does a video have to surface? And it has to be a huge outrage and for it to go viral for this to happen. Well, you know, so that's one. You know, these well, things need to be in place so this could happen immediately. If if if, uh, if police knew that if they were going to do something wrong, they're going to be held accountable, then this wouldn't happen like that. You know, this uh, happens free and willing because. People know they're going to get away with it. I mean, how many times before have they gotten away with taking a black life? Or if they do get charged, what is it going to, what is it going to serve? Two years or something like that? And be out? Yeah, but... Write a, write a book about it? Probably, you know, be on to reality TV for it or something like that? Brings me back to my first point. It's just like, we're not going to be able to get white supremacy out of policing. It's not going to happen. So... There's no way to stop that from happening, but what we can do is curb by having consequences for those that unjustly attack people of color, that don't do their job. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. any other in any other place in the in any other uh, career, there's going to be people that go through the cracks. It's impossible, right? We can't we can't see prejudice, right? So they'll they'll do the they'll, they'll sing and dance in the interview. But once they get in, they can, you know, show their true colors. So, I mean, but just like in any career, there's HR. There's people to hold them accountable if they're um, violating, right? So that's yeah. the only thing we could do is systematically 
figure out a way to hold cops. Now this goes for any cop, not just white cops, you know, for any cops that is harassing people and hold them accountable. And my, my short term solution is they hit them in the pockets. You know, if you knew that you constantly getting written up for, or community complaints is going to affect um, your pension, your, your money, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to walk down the neighborhood and say, hi, how are you doing? You don't want to be that cop that people won't vouch for if it comes down to that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely things that need to, to happen. Um, let's see, you know, the, the good thing is it is, the, uh, it is an election year. And, you know, what did he say? You know, the black bone ain't free. And this is, this is kind of like the perfect storm. That, that's how I'm looking at it. It's like the perfect storm where a lot of change um, can happen. You know, it's just like we just have to really grasp the opportunity. What do we want? Yeah. Yeah, what do we yeah, want? I, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's kind of what we're missing as far as like just on that common agenda as far as what do we require, what do we want? Um, yeah. And who's gonna who's gonna step up and kind of create that plan, or or can we come together and you know create a unified plan and say, hey, this is what we're demanding from the candidates. Who can deliver on this? You know? yeah. But I mean, I, I hear that and it sounds really cool and everything. But I mean, is there is it? Can you say that there's one person or one coalition that's leading any other ethnicity right now? But I am. I do. By the way, I do believe in like organization. Mm -hmm. It's common sense what we want, bro. Like, I'm not American, but I, listen to my list. Everyone write down my list. You, you, you phone it into your counselors and hit up your mayor and all that, all right? So Supreme Court, how many people of color? None, right? There, no, there is, there is. There's, um, well, there's oh, there's oh, females. So you guys need to get one replaced just now, right? So oh, there's a there's a there's a Latina on there. Yeah, but she's she's old, right? So she's 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 holding on. I swear to God, she's just holding on until she someone with sense replaces her. I promise you. So that that's straight up, right? Number two, mm -hmm. the disparity between schools. You know, you have this school on this side of it, and then you have that school on that side, right? And yeah. schools that we're in, yeah, is that schools that we're in are underfunded, right? Something that simple. Level the playing field. What's next? Opportunities for black businesses, right? I, I don't think I don't think one, two, three. I, I don't think this is some uh, something where we need to have uh, some secret meetings and be like, oh, we need X, Y, Z. We we just want a level playing field. For me, that's where it starts. I need, I, need some loan, I, need, I need some loan forgiveness in there as well. Because we never got reparations. I need yeah. loans to forgive and all that. And, you know, and the other, for, for me, remember, I'm an outsider just looking at you. Like, historically, black colleges need a bailout too. You know what I mean? So that's, that's for me, that's in its own self oh, some reparation payback. You know? Yeah. Pay us like you hold us. Right? So it's yeah. like, I mean, I don't think that it's this thing where you have to be super organized because, like, who else does that? You know, no one else does that. Why are we putting that kind of? No, others do that. Others do that. Others do that. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to state something that's like not the fact, but there's other groups do do that. You snuck in a meeting. You snuck in a meeting. Get out of here, bro. But I mean, I guess you know one thing that I will say though. I mean, going back to your, your, you know. 44, 
You know, one thing that the um, the the same sex marriage that was that was that was a lot of pressure put on that group. Uh, yeah. And, and what happened? It, it was passed, right? But I mean, that was something that was it was like a this is what we want. Boom, do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, for us, it's clear what we want, but nothing happens, right? So. Uh, I mean, no. Is it is it clear? I don't. I don't think it's as clear. We want to level level playing field, but what actually tangibly does that does that actually look like? You know what I mean? Like what like what does that look like? Wage disparity. The difference between what a, a black man gets and a white man, and don't even talk about a black woman who gets undercut more than anybody. Right. Yeah. So there, historically, black colleges, small business loans. The people in minority. They always giving out small business loans. I want a small. I want interest-free loans. How about that? We want to take. We want to take it. We want to take it. Um, what is it? Sharia law style. I need interest-free right. loans. <laughs> one, yeah. one of the other things is it's like you know how I love real estate, right? But we yeah. know what happens at the banks, you know. So a lot of the times minorities get pushed away, right? So how do we know that we can't get? Uh, how are we going to ensure that that stuff doesn't happen, where discrimination is happening in the banks when it comes to minorities? So if you get, get pushed away or get crazy loan terms, you know, you know what I mean? I'm I'm not a big fan of of, of the loans, you know, like I'm big mortgage. Fan of no, no, no. I'm not. I'm talking about yeah. The mortgage. Yeah, yeah the mortgage even a more, even a mortgage, even even a mortgage. Think about it. What what happened? Was it um, was it the the housing crash that happened? Why was it? Man, well, okay, that one, that's not what we're talking about today. We could speak. Oh, well, I was. It was like everybody was getting approved for for more. Yeah, but they really afford it, and yeah. that really affected. That didn't affect the rich. That affected the poor. That affected we, the minority. We, right. we could we could get a whiteboard out and we could break down what happened in two thousand eight. Don't, 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 don't have to go that deep. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's talk about how we can attain generational wealth in a simple manner, right? And one of the places. What happens, right? Grandma sells her house to who? Not to, it doesn't get passed down, right? Someone comes through, buys it for the low, flips it, and after the course of the years, you got Dumbo happening, right? So, yeah. I mean, we need to figure out a way that we can get a right of passage to those, to those um, properties, right? And that could be solved at the federal level. It can't be something established. I mean, we got the, uh, the, for me, it was just like one of the crazy things, like for everyone saying, oh, reparations can't happen. Reparations can't happen. And then what happened? Oh, it can, it can happen. Well, it's going to happen for right? a long like, time for, for other groups and all that. Except a for trillion that. dollars came out of nowhere to bail out America for COVID. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so yeah. I mean, like the reality of the situation is that if they wanted to, it could it could happen. But yeah. brings me back to Brings you back to my first point is it's like we gotta really take care of us. You know, how do we start working together, group economics, buying back our own block? How do we circulate our own dollar? How do we build ourselves up? Right? How do we get that political power? We then are able to lobby ourselves in DC. Right? We don't have to really look too far, but we do need to take the necessary steps. Right, I mean, like I was watching that Killer Mike show, and he has Black Fridays, right? So every Friday, he encourages people to go back and to support a black business, right? So we just need small initiatives like that. 
and just start building ourselves back. Get that sense of community back. So that's one thing that I'll say I noticed from this. There's been a lot of support, a lot of people checking in. You know, people ask me hey, how you handling all this. You know, all that kind of good stuff. You know, so there's yeah. going to be a lot of growth within our community from this mishap that happened. Definitely, definitely a lot of support. Um, but within that too, I just want to highlight as well, like we should all be sticking together during this time because I've I've seen some like um, some BS going on as far as like people trying to compare like or you know the, the black people in the U.S. Um, go through more prejudice than people in Canada or in London and all that. And I think, yo, we got to squash all that BS, stop all that talk. We all win. And when anything happens anywhere in Canada, in UK, in Africa, we should all stay united in this. So, and I do definitely appreciate all the love that's coming from around the world, across the waters and all that. So, um, but there, there has been a little... No garbage yeah, I mean, like, it's like, yeah. we're in a race to see who got yeah, it first, you know what you I mean? Know, like, like, yeah, yeah let's not do that. That's not what this is about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because honestly, like, you know, people in Melanin, this is something that we experience worldwide. You know what I mean? It's just, exactly. it's just like, uh, the epicenter is America, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, like I said, I think uh, I, I actually, fe I actually feel... I actually feel like there's going to be some systemic change from all of this. You know, I don't know if it's going to come from, from legislation. I don't know what level. I don't know if it's the state or the federal, but I definitely feel like uh, the politicians are going to cave under all this pressure. And I do feel like moving forward, there's going to be a sense of community amongst ourselves. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but we just got COVID the hell out of here, right? So it's like... No more masks, no more nothing. We're out exactly. Nobody. <laughs> like, uh, was that real? Was I mean? I know. I know people that got affected by by Corona, so um, it's definitely real. But to the magnitude that it was, I'm not sure because now everybody protesting together, and it seems like it don't even exist. And to be honest with you, with, with myself, is I kind of stopped living in fear. Like I take my precautions, like as I always have wash my hands, this and that. But now I just carry, I carry hand sanitizer literally everywhere. And it's like, anything I touch, I'm hand sanitizing. So that's changed, and then I wear my mask when somewhere crowded, but for the most part, it's, I do my essential run, I like to go to the park, be outdoor. Um, and I think everybody now in the summertime, ain't nobody trying to be stuck in the house. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I'm I'm on lockdown over here, so I mean, it's like, okay, you know yeah, what's funny, it's like, all right, everyone go in the house. You don't argue, bro. You just, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and are you not protesting that? Yo, so what's funny is like in, situ in countries like this, when you got some real leadership, some firm leadership up top, and they say, yo, curfews at this time. If you need to go to a store, make sure it's done before this time. And then there's no, there's no, there's no long talking. It, it is what it is. Yeah. And you follow the rule. If not, like I say, with the cameras and everything, you're done, you know? So, uh... And, and before before we get off this, I just want to run this off. So I got a list right here, just so people that's tuning in, because everybody's like, how can I help? If there's anything to be done, we'll post this on our page as well. But um, just nine ways or some ways that you could help during this movement. Black Lives Matter, they actually have a donation page. You could donate to them. There's a bunch of 
bail funds, depending on the city, either if you live on the city or you have close ties to a city, certain cities have um, bail funds which you can donate to. And we'll list out, list them out to see, you know, it's just help you navigate which ones are the official ones or, you know, things like that. Um, and as well as the, there's a National Police Accountability Project, and it's a petition to make sure to, um, you know, so I guess have everybody held accountable as part of that George Floyd, um, George Floyd murder. So bring all the cops um, to justice. You know? So there's a few things, Campaign Zero, um, a police reform group um, that is working on policy solutions. There's a civil rights group called Color of Change. Um, and then there's another petition, Justice for George. So we'll just list off a few of them, but there's a lot. And like I said, simply just having that conversation um, at work, at home, letting people know that these are real issues that's going on. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm in education and a few, a few, few white teachers actually hit me up and they asked me, you know, first they're like venting, right? Like they understand. How do you feel about that, by the way? About venting? You feel like it's, you feel it's, it's genuine or you feel like they feel guilty or do you, like, yeah, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, so white white guilt's a real thing, right? So, I mean, the way that the way that you and I feel when we see an African dude getting harassed in in the UAE, must feel you know we. So I don't feel I don't feel guilty about that. You don't feel passport guilt? Like for me, it's like I call it passport. Yeah, guilt. You feel, I just be, I I'll be looking at I, I look at the at the UAE. I be like, yo, yeah, wild for that. Like, you're crazy. Like. You know what so, I mean, I don't, I don't feel good. I, I, I feel, all right, cool. Well, I, I, ain't, I, I ain't do nothing. My ancestors ain't do nothing. I wasn't asked for like, you know what I mean? Like, not a guilt, like guilty means like, yeah. you feel like you did something. Guilt, so you feel bad. So because you're witnessing something like that, right? You, you feel, you know, the, it's it's a guilt feeling. Not that you're guilty, Mike. like there's, there's a difference, right? So it's like, there's, there's, you know, so for me, it's just like, dang, you know what I mean? There's always that feeling. Like, you're just like. No, I, I, I empathize with them because we've been in that situation in one form or another. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel what, 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 what they're feeling. But I, I've never in the UAE been in a situation like that is firsthand that like somebody's like getting abused or something like that, like in my presence, because then I, I would say something. You know what I mean? But I've, I've felt that away. Like, just, you know, speaking amongst groups where people say something slick, like, oh, where where's he from? And give a certain look or, you know what I mean? And and I'll, I'll stop that immediately. You know what I mean? Oh, they're, they're not from New York like you? Are they, like, you know, I'll cut that off immediately. Like, I, wow. I don't care. I mean, it goes mm-hmm. deeper. It's not even just people that have, you know, you know Africans. When I'm at the airport, the way that they treat me versus someone that's going back to India is not the same. Oh, no, no, no. I get treated yeah. like that. So, I get stopped every single... <laughs> Yo, what? In the airport coming back? I'm going to tell you, no, but I'm going to tell you the love, I'm talking love about that I got. When we're, we're overseas, not from in America. When we're overseas. No, I'm talking about overseas. I'm talking about, I'm talking about overseas. When I'm you leave about, the UAE, yeah. you get stopped all the time? When I land, when I'm coming in the UAE. Like it happens so much, but I'm gonna tell you one one good thing. Every time I come in, pulled over to the side. Let me check your bags. Every time it's crazy. All right, we're, talk, all right we're talking about. It was so, it was it was it was so we're much talk, though. We're, 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 
we're talking about two different things. Right? I'm talking about when we, I'm in, I'm in the airport overseas, the way that they treat me versus the way that they treat people that are flying to Nepal, flying to India, flying to Pakistan is not the same. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? True, but I'm talking about the same thing. They don't even know where they don't even know where they don't even know where I'm flying from. It's me coming in the country. Yo, let me check this guy. What do you got? You know what I mean? You got drugs or something like that. It's the same thing. Okay. Like, why am I getting such every time? All right. So, all right. So, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. Thank anyway, you. Like, do you feel guilt now? Like, when I'm when I'm at the when I'm at the airport and I'm seeing these people go to um, these various regions that are considered third world. They do not, they get harassed. They get their bags constantly weighed. They get sent to repack all the time. The way that they're spoken to is disgusting, right? So that's what I'm saying. Let's, I got I got passport um, guilt in that situation where it's like something that's out of my control but something that I'm witnessing. In that moment, you know, I can't, I'll be honest, like sometimes when I do want to um, speak up, I, you know, I'm actually a little bit scared because I'm in the airport. Like, that's not really somewhere where you really mess around with people that can call the cops. And I don't want to be in a, in a situation. But I mean, so it's just yeah. like the way that sometimes I can empathize with the person my, that, like a white person is in a tricky situation. That's how I saw myself. And I, and I caught myself in that, you know, and I reflected on it. And I said, shit, you know, so it's like the next time I'm in this predicament, what am I going to do? Well, you think I'm capping? I, I understand what you're saying. But, so, but nah. I mean, it's, <laughs> right, man. So what? Is he, uh, what? You don't think that's a real situation? You don't think that's real? I don't know. What do you? What do you think? To me, it's to me, it's real when they when they know that that when you have the power to do something, when you have the power to at least speak up or to influence something, and you don't, then that's that real guilt. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's not like like you have the power to say something. You know what I mean? So it, to me, it's, it's not that guilt. To me, the, the guilt is when it's like you have a means to educate, you know, your inner circle. You have a means to have a real influence. Let's, let's, let's All right. Let me, let, me, let me give you the actual definition of white guilt. All right. So, so white what guilt does, is... Say, what, does, what does Urban Dictionary say about white guilt? Bro... You think this is like some some rapture? Okay. I don't know. Who, where's uh, that Webster? Is Webster? Oh, uh, okay. All right. So, all right. <laughs> it, all right. I, I'm not gonna put you on blast. I'm just telling you it's a real term. Oh, right. I'm looking it up too. All right. I got it loaded. All right. Let me just read this. Yeah, what does it all say? Right, so Wikipedia. White guilt is the individual or collective guilt felt by some white people for harm resulting in racist treatment of ethnic minorities such as African-Americans and indigenous people by other white people, most specifically in context of Atlantic slave trade uh, and the legacies of the, these era. Yeah. <laughs> Quavo didn't say that, bro. Like, that's not um, something too changed know, made up, bro. <laughs> Wikipedia says this. Yeah, you can edit, I can edit Wikipedia right now and change the definition of this if I add to it. Mike, you, you actually like, sound crazy. Literally, I can edit this up right now and add my own definition to it. Uh, might like, we actually might have to cut this out. Bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, just like, you, just because you're a bit ignorant to the actual 
term doesn't mean that it's not a real thing. Right. I don't even know where we went off at. Now I actually feel, oh, I know. So it's like, um, you say you feel guilty. You feel guilty. No, no, no. So when people would approach me, and maybe it's a, it's a combination of um, white guilt and actually the the means to to change, you know, to change, right? So um, they actually hit me up. So a lot of the people that have been hitting me up uh, are white, and uh, what I like. So I, the the thing that I actually think the reason why they actually feel comfortable hitting me up is because like my DMs are a safe space. Like I'm not going to screenshot and put them on blast and they're actually curious and they actually want to, um, to do right. And it's important, um, as educators to educate, right? So they want to continue to learn and they want to be able to identify, well, understand their students a little bit better. And to be quite honest, um, I've been overseas for six years, but I'm still the only point of contact as a black teacher, someone in academia for these people. So, I mean, yeah. uh, I do feel guilty that I'm not, you know, boots on the ground back home, but this is what how is I'm choosing to make my difference. Sorry? What are some questions that they're asking you? What are they, what are they saying? So, all right, so I won't, put, I won't put out some of the crazy stuff that comes my way, but ultimately it always comes yeah. back to the same thing. It's just like, um, you know, you know the what is Black Lives Matter question comes up all the time. So once that's addressed, then we then we go through. See, that's a, see you see the difference. It's just like I, I you see the difference. They ask you, you know, what does that mean? Yeah, why yeah. Does, I mean, why, hey, they say why does it all lives matter? Is that yeah, they, they don't come that, but they just don't understand what the movement about or what it actually means. Anyway, so then it's just like, how can I help? Right. So what? I've done is the same approach I would take with a student, right? The whole goal is not to regurgitate something from somewhere else, right? You kind of just give them the resources and kind of put them on the path so they have their own discovery, right? So uh, that's what I did. So there's a there's a there's a book called White Fragility, and there's also some YouTube clips from the same author, right? And uh, what I've done is I just took a few bits and pieces, some passages, and I've one thing that I'm careful of is that I don't want to overwhelm anyone, right? So I was just like, hey, read this, what do you think? You know, and they're like, boom, oh, okay, cool. And we just have a genuine conversation, right? So there's no agendas, it's actually coming from a place where it's like, I actually never seen, I never looked at this problem from this situation. And then they start to identify with why uh, they've never noticed or why we need to have something like Black Lives Matter. But then that discovery comes to them on, on their own, right? So um, that's that's how I've been kind of doing my part and reaching back and, and just letting them know that this isn't something that happens overnight. This is going to be a journey that you're going to have to continue. Like the books that you're choosing in your classroom, is, it's as cliche as it sounds, how often do you pick a book that represents uh, a person of color? How often do you, when you make a test, do you change the name from from Jamie to Tyrone? These little, small, little, sorry? <laughs> well, you just hung up on Tyrone, the name Tyrone. But I mean, as funny as, as it is to you, 
Yo, but no, you're gonna look at that. I, some people look at that like, oh, okay, so Tyrone is the black person. Like, the black person. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you could put Muhammad, you could put Tyrone, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Right, you, you, I, get, I get your point. I get your like point. the whole the whole point is to make sure that your teaching material, your resources, the way that you speak, isn't only coming from one perspective. How inclusive is your classroom? How often are you reflecting on your teaching practice? How often are you? inviting these types of conversation into your classroom, right? So that's well, the- we need, a, we need you in the States. Huh? We need you in the States. So I, see, this is the other thing. I mean, it's like going back to the guilt, right? So it's just like- Yeah, yeah that's what I was gonna say. Probably, now I can see it. Now I can see it. We feel like, damn, I should be doing more. Yeah, so I mean, uh, a confession, like this is what I was actually uh, talking to one of my friends about, is that like, is like how guilty I feel like before I left left home, I was a community community basketball coach. I was one of the few teachers of color, uh, color in my teaching district. And then I just got up and left, right? But yeah. not to say that I can't give back to the kids back home. I just have to choose an empty path, right? So, yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's how I'm doing. But I definitely do feel guilty, you know, in times like this. But at the same time, I know that I'm doing uh, the most of what I, the position that I'm currently in. Yeah, honestly, um, not so. So when it comes in regards to that, as far as giving back, especially in my neighborhood, in my community, you definitely when you move abroad, um, you do feel a little guilt. Uh, yeah. Okay. I see. It's universal there. Right. Yeah, that part. That. Yeah, part, for that, sure. Yeah, but for me, it's well. For me, you got to find other ways to give back, and there, there's some things that I've been thinking about. Um, which I want to implement. Probably we could go over this in another episode as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing is, like, you could you could think about the issues that are affecting people back home, and as an expat, kind of give back to the community there. So, I mean, like in in the UAE, uh, you could you'll be it'll be easier for you to find a black community, kind of give back some time, or even give some donations to. Um, but for me, I haven't found that expat community that. I can identify with, so I'm still uh, looking for that in Saudi. But I mean, like, you have no excuses. You can hit them in the UAE, and you can hit them back home, right? I mean, for me, it's a, it's a, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, all right. So be an agent of change, Mike. Last thing: How do you feel about celebrities being pressured to uh, stand up, to talk, uh, to donate? How do you feel about that? I mean, I definitely think um, celebrities should be using their platform um, to talk, to speak out, um, to donate and all that. But um, I don't um. think it's something that has to be publicized. No, I don't think it's something that has to be publicized because um, one of the, the, the greats and honorary guests of this podcast, he don't know yet, but he has an open invitation anytime, Jay-Z, a.k.a. Hove, you know what I mean? He does a lot of work, but he's not a social media guy. He actually puts in a lot of change as far as the the, what is it, the prison reform and things like that. Um, and he's not the one to necessarily boast about it or record it for the gram for everyone to see or put out a news news um, a news article. So for me, I'm more so if you doing if you doing the work, if you got the boots on the ground, that's enough for me. You know what I mean? And, and I'm and I'm saying so. You know, yeah, if somebody puts out a statement, like let's talk about my all-time favorite players, Michael Jordan, finally puts out a statement. That does nothing for me. He got billions <laughs> of dollars. He can actually make real change. 
you know? So, I mean, I don't know what he does. Maybe he does something on the low or whatever like that. But I'm just saying, people hyped about that statement. That should have been happened a long time ago, you know? Um, but I'm not I'm not moved by the by the tweets. The Twitter fingers don't move me. It's actual boots on the ground. Where are you? Are you marching? Are you actually calling up politicians? Are you pushing the agenda with the politicians and all that? Hey, hey, all right, Mike. Now you're doing too much, bro. Because when that's, I was talking to you earlier, when I was talking that's to you good. earlier, you're like, yo, I don't care about what's happening on the blogs. I'm not going on I shit room. I'm not doing all that. Because earlier you tell tell me what did this person do? Send me a tweet. How is people like? Come on, if you go, if so, you was telling me before, show me social media pages of Latinos that are standing up. I see other, every other dude. It's like, bro, boots on the ground. Look at the cameras. Look at CNN. That, that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. Like now, has, so now you, now you got me looking crazy. So what I was telling you, Mike, no, because you want me to validate things on social media, and it's like, yo, them tweets bro. ain't holding it. All right. Why, why are you doing this now, bro? Like, we're on the ready so I was telling you that I'm not seeing nothing from the Latino group in support of what's happening, right? This came up in a conversation I was having. You represent Latinos. I'm getting stuff from, from New Zealand, from Germany, from Korea, from Amish groups. And then there's nothing. So in my side to, conversation- I had to run it up. I had to run it up. So, now, so in my side conversation, when we're talking about when we're talking about how globally this is happening, and people that are supposed to be identifying us as black or Af or are black, uh, we're not seeing nothing, right? So then I hit you up and be like, "Yo, what's happening?" And then did well, I do my job? Did I forward you enough tweets? Or, or absolutely, absolutely. And what did I tell you? I was like, "There's something weird. There's some some craziness happening in terms of algorithms because we're not we as in." Me and my people in Toronto, we're not seeing any of this. And now I'm thinking, yeah. is there some, is there a bigger issue at play? Why are these why are these yeah, pictures coming? But you, don't, but you don't you don't follow you probably don't follow anybody Latin. Who I know from New Zealand? Huh? Who I know from New Zealand? How many Amish people I know? Korean? I don't even know how to like, get out, yeah, get out of here, bro. Anyways, yeah, so now you're out here, now you're out here wasting time having me defend myself. I told you the reason why and we came yeah. to the conclusion and for me it's something going on with Instagram, not even not even anything. Um anyways, anyways, Mike, what you told me is that people are being too consumed but uh, with what celebrities are doing, but I kinda have a different stance, right? The reason why they're celebrities is because of us. It's because of the consumer. What we do for them, they should be doing for us in times like this. We build them up without, you know, when they accept an award, you know, this one's for you without the, without you, the fans were nothing and all that. All right. So step up right now. The fans need you. So I remember what we talked about. We talked about Obama. We talked about whole. Now it's about celebrities, accountability, accountability. All right. So, you know, that this is what I'm about. This is the cause that I am. You, 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 you're, you, you're my artist. So, you, so you're all for the publicizing what they do. I want, so what, what, what happens, right? Is that it's like, who has influence, right? You just mentioned what Jay-Z did, right? Who can help bring attention to a cause more than a celebrity, right? Who can, yeah. who could be donating to, to, to bail funds for protesters, right? So what are we talking about? 
it's not it's not it's not enough to be behind the scenes in situations like this i mean you gotta you gotta point there you gotta be a person of influence be an influencer right i mean shoot look where we are and what we're still doing right it's not it's not a time to be be cowarding behind the screen or to be um playing apolitical you know just like i'm just gonna hold my i'm gonna wait for this to blow out you know and as soon as it's done i'm gonna put my album release date in my story you know, and all that nonsense. No, we gotta do better, bro. And I'm here for accountability. If you don't wanna, if if your if your favorite artist don't wanna be active right now, then I'm sure that hits a string with you, right? And moving forward, I think that it's gonna be reflected at how quiet people were here. Now, I'm not talking about the person that lives beside you. I'm not talking about your coworker. I don't, I don't follow this person. I'm gonna just interject with you. There's six nine point nine anything. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, that's, this would be a perfect time for him if he wanted to regain something. Nah, didn't he try to like download, uh, donate like 200 k or something, and they rejected it? I think to a school or something like that. No, nah, honestly, like child, if, you want, if you wanted to gain some type of points or some type of, he need to drop something, drop some cash and all that. Yeah, we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay away from New York. You know, I know that's the K in New York and all, but I don't really want to talk about all that right now. All right, but I think this was a good conversation, bro. Yeah, yeah, good to be back, man. But you know, on our end, as a podcast, we got to get back busy. We got some work to do. Uh, we'll be posting some of the the links. I put a post up recently about um, DMing us if you did want those the, the list uh, of of places to donate. You know, um, just hit us up. Uh, I'll be posting those again, all right? So season two, episode one, Black Sam Podcast. Let's go. We out. All right, peace. Peace.